Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 15th episode of The Manor Podcast. I'm your co-host, Roger Bodie, joined as always with my best friend and other co-host, Michael Hamilton. Michael, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> what is the meaning of life? I I feel like it's kind of a deep question for the introduction of a podcast, but I'm happy to talk about it for a minute. I think in general that at least my goals in life are to have a meaningful impact on the ones I care about and make their lives better, I guess. And then I have my own goals outside of that that include like financial goals and gaming goals as well. I spend a lot of time on those. And I think like just working towards goals and trying to better the lives of the people you care about, that's at least what I see as my meaning or goals in life and what I try to do. Um, <laughs> what? Why did you ask this question? I just wanted to ask you what the meaning of life was real quick. I don't know why I need a reason to do so. Okay. Or what would you say the meaning of life is? There isn't any meaning. It's whatever you do with it. So your meaning is just as valid. Sure. Sounds good. Here's an even better question. What's the meaning of playing in the Pro Tour in Lille? The meaning is, I guess it's like whatever you kind of make it out to be. For a lot of people, it's a big goal of theirs to compete in the Pro Tour against like top level players. I know that's like something that I really enjoy and I'm really glad I get the opportunity to do. So And you also get to do a lot of winning while you're doing it. So look at you go. <laughs> I try. So for today's episode, <laughs> we're um, gonna talk about our experiences at the Pro Tour, how it went, and kind of just I guess talk about the Pro Tour, right? Yeah, that's the plan. You did a lot of Pro Touring. Yeah. I I did. I played in two days of the Pro Tour. Wow. That must have been real nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you want to talk about your experiences first? No, nobody wants to hear my sob stories in life. Oh, uh, well. They just want to hear they want to hear from the winners like you, you know? No. Even though you don't win the I, whole I, thing, you did a lot of winning. You're in the top 16. That's a good amount of winning. I did. I did do a good amount of winning. And then my dreams were shattered as I paired into prison the final round and Cody Williams destroyed me and his best matchup and my worst matchup. And it wasn't remotely close. I hit him a couple of times. He yeah. let me hit him. He made a bunch of auras and the game was over. I wonder how many times Cody Williams played against Briar on prism. Do you think it was l less than three or more than three? I would guess less than three. But uh, I heard lucky that he guy. played. What a lucky guy! I heard that he played quite a few old times in the second day. Yeah, that must have been the dream, right? That's the goal. Whenever you get there, <laughs> yeah. So you played Prism at the Pro Tour, and unfortunately, you played against a lot of Briar and Agrodex. Yeah, three of my four rounds were Briar, and then my only round that wasn't Briar in the Pro Tour was a Fi, my absolute worst matchup. So. End of day one at three and four, two one in draft, and then I was like, I can't get any worse than this, so I'll go play the calling, and then I play six rounds of the calling, and three of my six rounds in the calling are against Briar, and my other three rounds are against Dash Dash, and the worst room laid for me, which is Viscerai, so I uh, did not do well all weekend. I just got beat up, but it's okay, because I can't get beat up on Prism anymore because she's living legend now. Look at that. Yeah, good riddance. Can't lose my winning into Prism anymore. It'll be, it's, it's a nice time we've got ahead of us. 
So you said you went two out in the draft. Yeah. How did your draft go? I drafted Icelander, and the draft was really good. I felt like I drafted my seat really well, and I punted a game in a weird spot against a fly that I don't know if it was a punt or not, but it was just a really difficult turn sequence for me, and I just don't think I played it completely optimally. And that cost me the game. But then I got paired up into a 2-0 in the pod. So even though I was 1-1, I played against the 2-0, and I beat him when he was on Fi. So that's how I got 2-1 in draft on Icelander. Yeah, it's really weird you got paired up. Did you figure out if there was a draw in your pod or what happened? No, that's that's just what happened. Okay. How did your draft go? I hear you'd like to draft bad Icelander decks, but win anyways. (laughs) I, I did. So both of my, I guess my day one draft, I started by going into Icelander, I think around pick six or pick seven of the pack i realized dromai was quite open there was uh, a pack that had one dromai common missing but it had the stilettos the dromai shoes and the other common in the pack was like a pretty good common too and i think at that point i could have taken the stilettos or the good common and kind of pivoted into dromai and moved off icelander because the Icelander signals weren't very strong. I just kind of picked up a couple Icelander cards early and I was kind of just like holding on rather than realizing I was supposed to pivot basically. And I ended up with a pretty bad Icelander deck. I think I had three or four ice blues with nine total blues in my deck. I did have, I did have a reasonable amount of good red attacks or good red Icelander cards in general, like some zero for threes, some red scar or red scar. And then I think a red find also, but my deck ended up being quite bad, honestly. And in the pod, I played against a five first round, which is kind of ideal when you have a bad Icelander deck. You can usually still have a lot of game into Fi with well-timed frostbites and arcane damage that Fi has a lot of trouble interacting with. So I played against the five the first round and I won what was a pretty close game. And then I played against another five the second round in my camera match against Erica. And I think I made a couple mistakes that game, but I ended up getting beat up pretty badly by that Fi, by her Fi. I think she played well and her deck was quite good. And then in the third round, fortunately, I got paired against another Fi and I managed to win that one too. Our pod for that draft, it was the one that Matt Rogers was covered on stream. He was the only Dromai in the pod. There were four Icelanders and three Fies. So I just happened to play against all three Fies in the pod. I was, I think I was quite lucky to play against three Fies and no Icelanders. Michael Hamilton get lucky? No, I can't believe it. I have seen all the time. All the time. But it was quite lucky for me to avoid the other Icelanders. I'm sure their decks were not very good, but your blue count is so important in that matchup because you want to be using blues to both minimizing minimize their damage and play blues every turn on your turn or on their sorry you want to be pitching blues to minimize your damage and playing blues every turn on their turn because the ideal cycle for you is play a red attack or a red spell on your turn and then on their turn you want to play a blue card from arsenal and swing the waning moon at them and this is because both of your damage is very hard to block just because your yellow three blocks and your red three blocks usually won't have things to block. So it's really hard to get value out of your reds and yellows that you aren't playing, like actively playing out. 
blues. And because of that, you just want as many blues as possible to activate Spellfire Cloak, pay for your attacks, pay for Wand, and play from Arsenal. And as you can imagine, with nine blues, I'm sure I had less than the average Icelander deck, even if their Icelander decks were not very good. Gotcha. That makes sense. Um, I did happen. To, I did have the full set of equipment. I had a Spellfire Cloak, which does help a lot in the matchup, but it can be hard to really get value out of your Spellfire Cloak if you don't have enough resources to pay for the Arcane Barrier anyway. Yeah. I don't know if at any point you want to talk about the battle hard you also won over the weekend, but it seems like you're just a master at drafting this format. <laughs> I think I got quite lucky in the battle hardened as well, but I'm happy to talk about it. Should I go through the rest of my Pro Tour stuff first, or should I just jump over? Yeah, of course. Okay. So after the draft, I was like, okay, I squeaked out a 2-1 with what I think is probably the one of the worst, if not the worst deck I've drafted in the format. And I was re- felt really good about squeaking out a 2-1, even though, like, obviously there was a lot of luck involved getting paired into the Fies and not the Dromai that 3 out the pod or an Isolator that was more prepared for the Mirror than me. Uh, so I played against three Fies, and we went to Constructed, where I played the Oldheim deck that I kind of talked about. It's a much more aggressive version of Oldheim. Uh, Jonathan Magnuson played a very similar deck on stream for two rounds, and he 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 made it look really good on stream, just like smash some opponents. But it was, I think our lists were a few cards off, but basically the same idea of hitting with big disruptive attacks, pummeling lots of elemental cards for Oak and Old, and. The first round I played against, I played against Christian Hawk. He was on dash and he ended up making the top eight of this event. But he was on the pistol item setup plan as dash usually plays against Oldheim. We kind of talked about it before about how I didn't, neither of us had a ton of experience playing into dash. Fortunately for me, he also didn't have a lot of experience playing into Oldheim. And both of us were trying to play fast to play for the clock and he made a couple mistakes where one turn a blizzard got him pretty good, or not a blizzard, an ice react got him pretty good. And then later in the game, he was loading his things before attacking to play around ice react, and that left him vulnerable to a blizzard. And that ended up buying me a lot of tempo. Tempo? A lot of time? A lot of tempo? Yeah. Yeah, that's tempo, right? Bought me a lot of time, made me more winning the game. <laughs> tempo. Look at you knowing what tempo is. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> so uh, he missed out on all the damage because of the blizzard, and then he missed out on some damage earlier in the game because of the ice react. And I think looking back, the playing around the ice react and not respecting the blizzard because you can beat ice react, but you can't beat blizzard, or you can beat blizzard, but you can't beat ice react. The blizzard can always be used as the ice react, whereas not every ice card can blizzard. So it's definitely correct to just like play in a way that leaves you vulnerable to blizzard and beats ice react. But Anyway, the point is, one of the turns, he loaded his pistol and he used used the purifiers on it, and he kept a full blue in hand, expecting to load his stuff after attacking, and basically attacked with a pistol for five and got ice reacted, and ended up missing out on about 10 damage that turn because of the ice react. And because of that, the game ended up not being super close. The game ended up not being super close because of that. I think if he didn't make that mistake, the game would have been kind of close. But even so, with these more aggressive versions of Oldheim, you have a lot of damage and a lot of disruption. And it doesn't seem like Dash is a super hopeless matchup or even necessarily a a bad matchup. I know 
our teammate Andrew played against him later in the tournament. And against Andrew, he got out his items a lot faster than he did against me to really buff the pistol. And he ended up being able to beat Andrew because of that. But yeah, I would definitely need to test the matchup more to have a solid opinion on it. But it does seem like a pretty fine matchup for old time for the dash devoting like 10 or 11 slots to the matchup. I'm not sure it's worth it unless you expect old time to be a lot of the field, especially if it doesn't win anyway. Kind of similar to how old time into prism felt where you can devote a million sideboard slots to the matchup and bring the matchup to like 30 70 or something and you'd still lose to most of the prisms that were good and knew what they were doing anyway so i beat the dash and then i played against bravo and it was a really close game i made a couple mistakes but that's kind of expected in a really long guardian mirror and i won a close one there yeah and then i lost a mirror the following round to a local friend, Ryan Rich. He also was playing Old Time, a very similar list. And he beat me up pretty bad. He terrorist undered me a couple of times and just that I never had the D react anytime he went for a big attack. So he beat me up pretty badly. And then I closed it out by beating up an aggro deck. I honestly don't remember which one. It was either, I think it was one of the Rune Blades, but I don't remember which one. Then day two. I drafted another horrible Icelander deck once again. There were four Icelanders in the pod. And I lost to the lone Dromai in the pod in round one of the draft. It wasn't a close game at all. They played a Necria, and then I died to the Necria that I couldn't kill. I Actually, I think I made another mistake in that game where... Or I guess two mistakes in that game where... I had forgotten about an Ashwing. They kind of put it off to the side and I guess like it was like over close to their equipment. And I looked at my hand and thought about my next turn. I just completely forgot the Ashwing was there. I think I probably lose that game even if I am aware of it. But it basically influenced me to thinking it wasn't there. Made me want to play an Aether Icewing going face instead of a Necria. And even if the Ashwing wasn't there, it's probably just wrong to Icewing face instead of just killing Necria. Yeah, I was watching that game. Either way, it was just a real loose line you took for some reason. But Yeah, I think... And I was fully aware of the Ashwing, but I don't think it was that far out of the way. It was pretty reasonable, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not accusing my opponent of anything. I just missed it. Yeah, I know. The opponents can only beat you when they're cheating. He's so good that, my, that opponents have to trick him and hide their Ashwings under 15 cards in order to say, it was there the whole it, time, didn't you know? And it was just slightly to the side, closer to the equipment than uh, I realized, or I just didn't realize it was there. But regardless, I think I was supposed to... Your opponent played so cleanly, he even had Ash tokens under all of his dragons. He did I, it so <laughs> officially, he did it the right way. Yeah, I know. Um, I think in hindsight, I was supposed to kill the Necria, regardless of if he had an Ashwing or not anyway. And kill an Ecria and then hope that the game went better. Anyway, I just ended up dying to the Necria. It hit me like five times over the course of the game. So it did a lot of damage. I think it was at three health, three max health when eventually I just killed it, but because I didn't draw a way to kill it after I used my Aether Ice Fiend going face instead of on the Necria. And he just ended up seeing covering the Aether Ice Fiend and the game wasn't at all close after that. So I lost my first round and then I'm trying to remember if I played against one Vi and one Iceland. I think I played against one Vi and one Icelander rather than two Vi's. But I ended up winning the last two games of my draft and went on to the class constructed rounds. And CC, I played against a Viscerai, a Fi, and a Briar for my first three rounds. 
And I pulled out the, I beat all three of those decks and I'm like, okay, it's winning in time. Just got to dodge Prism one more time. Give me another aggro deck. I'll even take a Guardian Mirror. And the pairings get called and I'm against Cody Williams, who I knew was on Prism because we'd talked earlier in the event. And I was so sad, but he beat me up. I ended up getting 15th after losing that round. And that was my pro tour. Well, congratulations, buddy. It was a good run. You almost got uh, the top eight there. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good run. No complaints from me. And I dodged Prism until that last round. So played against one Prism. Maybe if I had won some of my other rounds, I would have been able to top eight with the, I guess, opponents I played against. I could have, if I had played differently, maybe I could have done better in one of my limited rounds, or I could have potentially won the old high mirror as well. So Prism had no chance against, but I only played against one Prism over the weekend. Can't complain. One bad matchup in eight rounds of class constructed. Must be nice, buddy. Must be nice. Mm-hmm. I'm not salty at all. I'm completely <laughs> sorry you played against the aggro decks the whole time. And even all, but all my aggro decks were like reasonable. So the whole point of playing Prism was I was like, okay, so my bad matchup is like a 30% win rate. If I see it three times, like worst case scenario, I figure three times I'll see it. I'll win one of the three. And then I'm probably favored into everything else that's not Briar or Viscerai. And I didn't expect a lot of fire representation. So I just didn't consider that deck at all. And then, yeah, it just was just nothing but those decks that I played against all weekend long. So I think if at any point in any of my rounds for like, I get paired against a guardian or the mirror or Icelander who was there too. I, I don't know. There's a lot of decks that I could have gotten paired into that. I would have felt a lot more comfortable in. I just obviously didn't see them because, well, I just didn't see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess going into this tournament, we, I kind of expected there to be a lot of aggro, but like, we did the math though, right? Didn't we sit down and we did all the math that like I hit like a four percenter to hit the matchups I hit basically in four rounds of class constructed. Yeah, but any any specific matchup spread is gonna be like a four percenter to hit. It's like you need to look at all the possible outcomes of like bad spreads and see what the odds of hitting any of those bad spreads and matchups are. Plus like I was my hands were cramping a little bit. The sun was in my eyes <laughs> and during some points in the matches. Uh-huh. Um, jet lag i'm pretty sure my opponent yeah i was jet lag that was a i didn't sleep very well mm-hmm. it was in france so like nothing opened until 10 a.m so i wasn't able to p- properly caffeinate myself yeah what's with that i was nothing. My, my little brother was playing for me in a couple of the matches <laughs> and he's not very good at the game yet that's another classic excuse there was lag there was a lot of lag between me and my opponents you know yeah that there was a very good connection mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> What the good news is, is that it all paid off because on our way home, we played a lot of Pokemon Puzzle League. And once we got to a good old fashioned non-variance game, I just beat you up on Pokemon Puzzle League. So it was a good weekend after all. You did kind of smash me in Pokemon Puzzle League for at least the train ride. I feel like I got some revenge on the plane, though. It was hit or miss. Mm -hmm. But the train to the airport, those games were rough. Yeah. So I guess jumping to the Battle Hardened. Spoilers, I ended up winning the battle hard and going, I don't know. I can't believe it. This is when Zach was like, oh my God, he's like 5-0. He's going to, he, if he wins, he's gonna, I'm just like, I just, I, I literally checked out of the conversation because I just was like, yeah, he's already won the event. I just was like, not even excited for you because like, <laughs> I just knew you were going to win. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. Like, I was just like, yep, another, another day, another 
winning tournament for Michael Hamilton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everything's the sun also came up, but it's also going to set in the evening. I don't know why we're all excited about it. Anymore, I, I wish I knew I was going to win. I was so nervous in my in my top eight draft. But uh, <laughs> anyway, you should have been drinking five liters of beer with me. You would have been real relaxed. Yeah, and also been missing the top eight. So, <laughs> so uh, the first pod, I ended up drafting Icelander. It was a three Icelander pod, but my I was kind of like sitting far away from the Icelander and I felt like or the other two Icelanders that ended up being next to each other and I felt like I was pretty happy with my deck I had all the equipment I had three red aether ice veins I had an insidious chill I had several other good ice blues and I think I ended up with like 13 or 14 blues which is about where I want to be in my average Icelander decks I don't mind having more if they're like premium blues but 13 to 14 like blues that they're all reasonable is a pretty good spot to be in and I don't honestly remember my matchups at this point. I was a little fatigued from the weekend. And I know round two, I played against Andrew, our teammate that also ended up getting top 16 with Oldheim. And who he 6-0'd the drafts of the Pro Tour. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a good match. But it ended up being an Icelander mirror where I played Red Aether Ice Vein on my first turn going second. I played... The Insidious Chill on turn two. I put another Red Aether Ice Bid on turn three and another Red Aether Ice Bid on turn four, and the game wasn't close. There wasn't really anything he could do about that draw. So that was that round. And then he ended up, I think he stayed and played the rest. And I think he ended up going 5-1, but I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, that was, it was sure a game. Sure felt good about my deck at that point. And then... After that pod, I'm thinking, wow, I really like Icelander. I went 3-0 with the, in a three Icelander pod. I went 2-1 with both my Icelander drafts of the Pro Tour. I think I might just be an Icelander main. So going into the next pod, I'm like kind of heavily leaning towards Icelander at this point, And I end up kind of forcing it a little bit. There's ends up only being two Icelanders in the pod and three Fies, three Dromai. So it was like a kind of ideal spot to be Icelander. We had some weird things in the pod where my buddy Ben Hannon, was the only other Icelander in the pod. And the way the bracket worked out, we didn't end up playing until the finals. Um, I kind of watched his game in round five against a Dromai player that had both Uvia and Thamai, and he squeaked out a win there. And I was like, whoa, I'm glad I don't have to play against... uh, What's his name? It was Joel Repta. Joel Repta on Dromai with Uvia and Thamai in his deck because Joel's a very good player and... Those are two very impactful dragons in the matchup. And then so the round, the sixth round gets paired and it's me against Joel instead of me against Ben. So we end up talking to Judge and looking at their gems and stuff. And the they had the round before had been misreported where it said Joel had won and Ben had lost, which was not what had happened. And it was actually a judge that came by and asked for the result of the match after the match was over rather than them reporting it themselves and the judge had misinputted the results so it ended up we, had, we ended up talking to the judges and they couldn't repair the round for some reason to have me play against ben in the last round and if I, we if i played against ben it was almost a lock that we would both make top eight because of just how the standings were going into that last round but that's not what happened so i ended up playing against joel and ben they fixed ben's win though right they fixed his record. Yeah, they fixed his record, but they couldn't repair the round. And so Ben actually ended up getting paired down against a 4-1. And we weren't sure if Ben would make top eight if he lost because 
Or we weren't, weren't sure either of us would make top eight if we lost because we were both prepared against four ones, which would weaken our opponent match win, which I think is like the second or third tiebreaker after. So it's like your points and then what, what your tie or what your points were in the previous round. And you keep going back around until you see if there's one that's different. Like you, like you had a higher score in round four than one of the people you're tied with. But in this tournament, it would be all looking at people it would be looking at so all the six outs would make it and then it would be all then the rest of the people would be five ones that had all lost the, the final round and then so that would be tied with everybody and then you would look at i think your opponent match win percentage after that anyway so we weren't sure if either of us were locks if we ended up losing the last round so we both had to play and it was basically a winning in. If we win, we're for sure in. If we lose, we cross our fingers. Yeah, there's not much drama here, Michael. We both know you win. Like you won the tournament. I don't know why you're building up. There's, we were so nervous. Anything could have happened. Will we win? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. I'm just trying to tell the story. But so I ended up winning. Uh, Joel, Joel had a kind of rough draw where he didn't end up drawing. I think he said he only had one red rake, but he didn't draw until pretty late into his deck. So I was able to just like get a lot of damage in before he had his arcane barrier up. And I don't think he had the shoes either, the arcane barrier shoes. So that also helped a lot. And then Ben ended up losing his last round and he got in at eight seed. So it was, I'm not sure what happened that he got in at eight seed, but I'm glad he made it in too. So uh, they kind of, I kind of like, I guess I'm kind of talking to Ben a little bit. We're talking about our top eight. He's like, I know you're going to go Icelander. And I'm, I let that like kind of mess with me a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I like Icelander. I'm, I think I'm just an Icelander main in draft because I had drafted Icelander by four, four times out of four being here. And I felt very comfortable. And like, I had learned a lot about how to play her effectively in basically all three of her matchups. But specifically, I guess specifically against Phi, I felt really good about how I was sequencing in that matchup and five being the most commonly played deck and draft most of the time made me feel like if i was beating basically all the fives i was in a good spot with icelander and we get to the top eight draft and my first pack has both red aether ice vein and sash of sandakai and i'm thinking about this pick for a really long time and i'm like i'd much rather be icelander than either the draconic heroes i think in a vacuum or just like I wouldn't recommend doing this in general, taking Aether Icebane over Sash, but I really wanted to play Icelander and I was feeling like really confident playing Icelander. So I took Red Aether Icebane over Sash, which I think is the best Icelander common, but again, would not recommend doing it. And my next pack has a common missing and there's two, two, two of the remaining commons. And if you listen to the Attack for 20 podcast episode, they talked about how the pack distribution, like 16 out of 24 packs, have three Icelander commons and two of the other two heroes. And I know Ben had just, oh, and relevant information, Ben is the one passing to me. And I know he had just played Icelander in the last pod, and he's very comfortable playing Icelander. In fact, he probably plays it on average more often than maybe you would expect it to be correct. I also do that, so I can't, no, no shade or anything. I just think he does have a tendency to play Icelander. And so I'm thinking in my head already, this is most likely a wizard common that's missing. It's two out of three chances it's a wizard common. And knowing Ben is happy to play Icelander, he, I could see him picking also a red Aether Ice Vein or a blue ice card. 
blue ice wizard card or something like that. I notable in the pack. There's also like a red zero for three go again for Phi and some pretty good draw my cards. But I'm like, I already passed the sash. I kind of want to try to stay ice ender if I can. And I ended up taking one of the two remaining ice or wizard cards. And the next pack, it once again has only two wizard commons in it again. And I'm like, oh no, is is ice ender being cut? This this is rough because I passed the sash. I took the red aether ice fade. I could have just taken the sash. And I'm already like thinking in my head, like we messed this draft up. I should have just taken the sash and not let my personal bias like influence me to be Icelander. And I kind of hold course. I think I take a blue dampen out of that pack just as a blue block three. You're crazy, That's... man. This is like the I'm cringing in my seat. I can't believe you win this draft based on how you're playing this. Like. This is like unbelievable. I, I I think it's. I'm upset, and I'm not even a listener, and I know you really well, and I'm like, oh my god, like, uh, like my insides are just curling at the thought of you. Wow, you're drafting this right now. Like it's it's actually like just gross. <laughs> I know. I I think I think I messed this up pretty badly, but that's why we that's why we share the stories, right? We kind of talk about it. So pack four once again, wizards very clearly dried up. I'm like, okay. Well, the good news is my pack two is going to be great or there's no way there's any ice lighters I am passing to since they're getting so hard cut. I take like the only ice or the, or the only like playable wizard common left in the pack. Just put it in my pile, ship the pack. We, we're sure you won this. You, you won this? I did. I did. You, we're sure. We're sure about this. I won. I won this battle hearted. So going into pack, pack, ah, pick five. I look at the pack. There is not a card that is playable in Icelander in the pack. Like, there's like a red read the ripples or something, but there's not like take it. You got to force Icelander, man, at all costs. Play red read the ripples. You get to opt three and then draw a card. Look at you. You're doing it, pulling it off. It's pick five, and there's not a card I would play in an Icelander deck in this pack. I might play Crack Bobble over red read the ripples. It's it's quite bad. So. I'm also, I looked through the rest of the pack and there's a red rising resentment in the pack. And I had been shipping some good Phi commons, but it was pretty clear that the people passing to me did not really want to be Phi. And I'm like, okay, this is it. We, there's, I, I literally can't force Icelander anymore. I can't, there's not even a card I could take to force Icelander. Let's take the red rising resentment, see what happens. So I take red rising I'm resentment. I'm shocked. I'm Phi shocked you didn't take the red Extremely red. open. Phi ends up being extremely open. I draft probably what is the best Phi draft deck I've ever had, despite being wasting four picks on Icelander cards. Eh, I don't want to say wasted. They were wasted. Like the first, the first two, the first two were probably okay. I th- they were all wasted. When you took the dampening, that was a wasted pick, a hundred percent. That was horrible. Yeah, yeah. That was pick three. Was the point where I was supposed to probably not take a wizard card and just be like, it's fine. We'll move off of it. But. I got the clearest signals I think I've ever had to not be Icelander. And I eventually took the signals and moved off of it, despite fighting as hard as I could to not listen to my neighbors and force the same hero as them. And it was so bad. In pack two, pick one, I open a Blood of the Drakai and a Red Mounting Anger. And I'm like, well, this deck's a train wreck. I tried to... Force Icelander that wasn't open. I'm gonna get cut in five pack two because all the fives have to be to my left since they aren't to my right, obviously. And I'm like, I'm just gonna take the forty dollar card and take my top eight and be sad. And I 
think about it for a long time between the red mounting anger and the blood of the Drakai. I take the blood of the Drakai. The red mounting anger ends up wheeling, and I end up with like the most insane fi deck I've ever drafted. I think I end up with Quelling Robe, Quelling Shoes, Heat Wave, a million red zero for threes and one for four go against. Wow, that sounds like a good fi deck. I can see how you win now. I'm sure you played them and attacked your opponents and they died. Good job. And I somehow ended up being first seed in the events and first seed gets to choose play draw in top mm-hmm. eight, no matter what your opponent is. And Thanks. I've, I've never been in a top eight before, know. so I'm glad you tell me this. One day I hope they get there, but I'm glad you tell me how top eight work. I appreciate it. But when you're five and you get to choose that you get to go second every round, it is very good for your win percentage. I think the first round... I played against an Icelander. Their deck wasn't very good. There were, I think it ended up being three Icelander, three Dromai, two five. But with me trying to hard force Icelander in that first pack, it made the three Icelander decks that did exist reasonably worse. And I think there might have been some other speculation to Icelander too that other players did with how dry those packs ended up being. So the Icelander pool was just like quite weak and my deck was very good. I just kind of ran over the Icelander opponent. And the second round, I played a Fi Mirror against Jamie. I don't remember his last name, but uh, since I got to go second, I was able to block out his first turn. I had zero damage using my Quelling Slippers, and then I attacked for like 13 or 14, I think 13, and then he attacked for like 15, and then I attacked for like 15 back, and then the game was over because he had to block first because I went second in the Fi Mirror, and then in the finals, I played against Christopher something. I'm so bad at last names. You played against Christopher Walken in the finals of your... He's one of my favorite actors, man. Of all time. <laughs> I don't think... This is your father's watch, Michael. Anyway, so he had a reasonable draw my deck, but I got to go second, and my deck was very good, and I kind of beat him up, too. I just... None of the, I feel like none of my top eight games were particularly interesting. I just had a very good fight deck and was going second every round. And yeah, that was my battle hardened. Good job. How I tried to force Icelander and ended up with the best fight deck I've ever drafted. The best part about the battle hardened for me was in the first round, I got paired against uh, Thord Laddick, I believe his last name is, but he's from Germany. And he's the first person in the whole world that ever said, hey, I like your podcast. I recognized your name, and me and all my friends in Germany listen to your podcast all the time. So thank you very much, Thor. It was a, it was a good game. I really appreciate you saying that you listen to the podcast, and I hope all of our fans in Germany have very good experiences in their future flesh and blood endeavors. Yeah, that's awesome. I know people come up to you all the time, Michael, and you're like, oh my god, you're Michael Hamilton? They don't even know you from the podcast. They're just like, oh my god, you're the Michael Hamilton. I see it all the time because they ignore me because <laughs> nobody cares about me and it gives a shit, but it's fine. I don't I don't need their validation, but Michael does. He hangs on it. He's like, thank you. And then he's like, you want me to sign anything? I carry a Sharpie with me all the time. I, I, I know you probably want me to sign something for you, right? This is a, a, an old time you want me to sign your chest? And he says, and then somebody said, please sign my baby, my firstborn child. Please sign it for me. And he said, of course, I'd be happy to. So you, you signed a baby in, in France. I, uh, that's not a, that didn't happen. <laughs> but I did have a couple of people that said they listened to the podcast and that was really cool. It was very validating to the work we put in making this podcast. And yeah, it was, it was nice to hear that from people. And yeah. 
Yeah. Even James White, we're leaving the hotel room Monday and where James was eating breakfast at our hotel, leaving as we were walking in. And James goes, oh, you did a really good job, Michael. Good job winning the battle, Harden, because you're Michael Hamilton. And then he walked on by and left the, the, the breakfast hall. That, that is a true story. <laughs> that was nice of him to say mm-hmm. that. And then right afterwards, a woman came up with their baby and you signed the baby. <laughs> that part didn't happen. <laughs> we the rest of that breakfast or the rest of that morning was we ate breakfast and we played some uprising sealed and then we got on a train and you beat me up in puzzle league so going back looking all the way back at it i don't think you'd do anything different would you in terms of like the event i think i would have tried to get to sleep a little bit earlier thursday night and friday night both nights i was just like pretty restless and ended up just like kind of scrolling my phone instead of sleeping for some time because i was just restless so and you even had the good bed i did no wonder why you did the problem you, you did so well like you had the good bed and i had the <laughs> crappy one the i pay for the room bed. and you're like no I roger you get on the room. And couch did you yeah i sent you money hmm, i'm just so used to not giving me money that i assumed you did <laughs> you asked I'll me to this, so i sent you yeah. money yeah 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 well we were having our lover's tiff i asked you for money for something that one time yeah <laughs> i sent you money and then you're like okay <laughs> I'm glad you agreed to also classify it as a lover's tiff. So thank you. I mean, if 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 that's how you want to describe it, I'm not going to fight with you about it. I don't want another yeah, lover's tiff. We can't another another lover's tiff over whether or not it was a lover's tiff. Yeah, that would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the rest of the pro tour kind of was pretty interesting. There were four briars in the top eight, and then it was a briar mirrors and mirror in the finals where Matt Folks had a sweet belittle list that. Yeah, shout out to Matt Folks. He worked with us on the last Pro Tour, and then he ditched us losers, and he goes on to win a Pro Tour. What a smart guy. <laughs> I think that's not that's not how I would describe exactly what happened, but I am glad that he did so well, and he found a group to test with that worked for him and stuff. The JV that I played against in the semifinals of the Battle Hardened, he said he was buddies with Matt Folks, too, and that was cool, because, yeah, he was, yeah, he was pleasant and good and stuff i don't know uh words are hard but yeah shout out to matt folks he that's awesome he won he had his own his own pretty unique take on the briar deck that obviously worked really well for him and on brand with his a million copies of belittle yeah the card still sucks the deck was still bad he got lucky we all know (laughs) of course i i still think belittle's very good and i stand by my placement in as it at Whatever number I ranked it at in our top 10 lists, card's powerful. Does some very powerful things, especially while Rosetta Thorn's legal. And speaking of... Yeah, it's a blowout that Briar's not living legend at this point, too. But soon, soon. She's so close. She'll probably... I think she'll hit it in national season. I think she might be gone before Worlds. Is there a abandoned restriction announcement before Worlds? I don't know for sure, but I thought they said that they would reevaluate Briar after... Road to Nash or after national season before Worlds. I thought that was uh, in their yeah, last they, yeah. announcement. Oh, they did. Okay. I did say that. It doesn't really matter to me because I'm not going to Worlds. They could be the most broken, unphoned format of all time. <laughs> well, in in the opinion of some, that is one of the formats of Worlds. Not my not my opinion, but Blitz is at Worlds. <laughs> yeah, look at that. So I guess the other big news is Prism ended up winning the calling. And is now has achieved living legend status. So yeah, I don't think we really need a full sunset show for for Prism. 
do, do you really think we could spend 50 minutes talking about Prism? We, we spend 50 minutes talking about Prism. Like, every time we bring up the Spectrum mechanic, we're ready to go on a 50-minute rant about how... Yeah, <laughs> but how many times can we do that rant? We can't milk that rant for 50 minutes, I, Michael. I think I think it would be pretty easy to fill a whole podcast talking about Prism and how, how polarized her matchups were and how she warped the format and made some decks like pretty close to unplayable where like you had to be like a pretty heavy favorite and a lot of other decks to warrant bringing a deck that just like folded to prism because she's always going to be a big part of the metagame and some like a lot of decks just like can't function against prism basically they just don't have a functional strategy against her yeah now just imagine repeating that for 50 minutes and that'll be our podcast next week so i hope everybody's looking forward to that one <laughs> i think Prism is gone, and I'm happy. And I also, okay, we'll we'll save it for we'll save it for next week. That's going to be our episode next week, the Prism Sunset Show. And yeah, I got a lot of stuff to say about it, but I'm going to wait till then. And then, uh, if we can't fill the whole topic, we'll talk about uh, cookie baking techniques. Cookie ba- baking techniques. We can do that now. <laughs> I mean, I could spend the next two hours talking about sweet cookie baking techniques, but so I guess other things that happened while we were in Leol. We got to spend a lot of time with the wolf pack. There's, well, I guess the half of the wolf pack that was there, because not all of us traveled to Europe for the tournament. But the ones that were there, it was really cool to meet and hang out with and eat a lot of food and basically talk with, I guess. It was also like, we had three that made top 16 with, what's Andrew's last name? Chad? Chadston? (laughs) I don't know Andrew's last name, and it's Andrew Chadston. Okay, I know that's not it, but we can roll with it. And then Jonathan Mag- Magnuson. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's related to to Carl Magnuson. Okay, I don't know who Carl Mag- <laughs> Magnus Carlson is. That his name, the chess player. We we had this conversation <laughs> yeah. there. Anyway, the three of us all played a pretty similar old time list, and we all three made top sixteen. John also lost his winning into Prism. He played against three prisms over the weekend. He was just the prism magnet. So I appreciate him taking all the prisms and me not having to play against them. But <laughs> until the last round. But yeah. And then Andrew crushed drafts, went 6 0 in draft, and then had a rougher time in CC. Yeah. So that was, I think that was the weekend for us. Anything you want to add about your weekend in Lille? Don't order five liters of beer. That's a lot of beer. Um, we got tricked into ordering five liters of it. It's almost one and a half gallons of beer. It's a lot of it. So, do you want to tell that story? I, I accidentally ordered five liters of beer. That's the story. <laughs> and we, we, the Wolfpack desperately tried to drink five liters of beer with me drinking the preponderance of the beer. That's your new word of the day. Go Google that one: preponderance of the beer. And then I was very drunk. And then Michael won his Bauharden. And then he went to a Chipotle in France because he's Michael Hamilton. He's not going to go eat. <laughs> find the best French cuisine in the world. He's going to go eat Chipotle after his battle hard. And I cuddled him in the Chipotle and that was my Sunday evening. It, it wasn't, it wasn't actually a, a Chipotle. It was a, it was called, nachos, called nachos, which is, it was exactly like Chipotle though. Oh, Picture a Chipotle in France, but they just put a white sign over the Chipotle logo that said nachos. And that that's basically what it was. It was nice. I got my burrito. I got some, <laughs> Rice, beans, meat, salsa. How do you say burrito in French? I, I, I did not. I said I said fajita in English, and they, they made me a burrito. 
Oh, they, the, all the words would be the same, right? Because they're in Spanish, so they should be the same oh. words regardless. Oh, look at that. It was leveling you. It was a trick question. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it was nice. Also, traveling for a whole day is a lot of traveling. That's like not pleasant. I don't know. Shout out to Hayden Dale, who just, and I guess James White also, who just like regularly fly from Australia and New Zealand to like the United States and Europe for events. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, it's too much flying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you have any closing thoughts before we sign off then, Michael? No, I don't think so. I think I've said everything. Okay. Well, then uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and sign off. Thank you for listening this week, everybody. We really appreciate it. Let us know how you think Michael Hamilton drafted over the weekend if he forced Isolator too much in the comments. And next time you're playing Flesh and Blood, remember, mind your manners. We'll see you next time.